Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash petty revenge. Our next Reddit post is from Valiant Freak. My dad is a principal at a school and has been for a long time. It's a relatively small government high school of about 300 students, so anyone wanting to enroll has a pretty good chance of actually speaking to the principal instead of one of the admin staff. One day, some lady arrives and expresses an interest in enrolling her son. Principal Dad is speaking with her, gives her some forms to fill out, and even offers her his special pen. The pen is a nice stainless steel job that was given to every member of the executive staff in the school's 25th anniversary. It even says, school name, celebrating 25 years, 1978 to 2003, on the side. Anyway, the lady and her son fill out the paperwork and go on their way, at which point Dad realizes that his pen has also left. Clearly, the pin wasn't a gift to her. It was obviously more expensive than a plastic hotel pin. Fast forward to the next week when the lady arrives to drop her son off for his first day at school. Principal Dad waits for Mrs. Pin Thief and gives her the emergency contact form to fill out. Normally, this is given to the kid to fill out, but Dad was hoping to see the pin again. Sure enough, this silly lady forgets where she stole the pin from, and out comes the 25th anniversary pin to fill out the form. The form completed, she puts the pin back in her handbag and hands the form back. And now I just need to sign it here, says Principal Dad, patting down his pockets as if looking for a pin. Instinctively, Mrs. Pin Thief reaches into her bag and offers him the pin. Thanks, he said as he signs the bottom of the form, which was just a ruse. He didn't need to sign anything. (laughs) And puts the pin back in his own shirt pocket right in front of her. Mrs. Pinthief looks confused, opens her mouth, realizes what's happened, and quickly closes her mouth again. She mumbles a thanks and scurries out the door. I believe he still has the pin to this day. Our next Reddit post is from Kitten Attack. We live next to a large open grass field. There's an old house on the property, but it's condemned and no one lives there. The owner of the property only shows up to mow the field, but does nothing else with the property. The garage beside the house is caving in on itself and just looks like trash. People walk through the field to go fish on the river, walk their dogs, or just wander. Most people think it's just city public property. A few days ago, we were outside playing with our dog and toddler. We were walking a few feet off of our driveway, which is technically my neighbor's property. He just happened to be driving by and pulled over and began yelling and was just in general overly aggressive. He yelled that we need to stay on our own property. He accused us of tossing cigarette butts and beer cans all over the field. He also yelled that we drive all over his field causing mud puddles. Again, completely not true. He then pointed to our dog and complained that she needs to stay off the grass. In the past, he specifically said that he didn't care if our dog walked on his field. He proceeded to say that if he found any dog feces anywhere, he was going to retaliate against us and we're not gonna like it. This all happened within a few minutes. My boyfriend took the toddler and dog inside and came back out to try to talk to him and sort out these crazy accusations and the guy had already left. We called the police to document the incident since he did make a threat. We're now looking into getting cameras and a way to put a fence up. Since the other neighbors also play with their dogs in the field and strangers walk through it all the time, he can't blame us for any evidence of dogs being present. But that won't stop him from blaming us anyways and I don't know what he means by retaliate. I've never been bothered by that rundown house on his property. Not my business or problem. But since he wants to be a douchebag, suddenly I am super bothered about it. So I called the city code enforcement office and filed a complaint. 
I said I'd been seeing wild animals coming and going from the building and that I see kids walk through the field all the time and I worry someone's going to get hurt. And that my neighbors are all upset about this too. Now, all of this is true, but I just frankly never gave a flip about it until now. He now has 30 days to either demolish the whole thing or fix it up, and it's definitely beyond fixing. Or he has to appear in front of a judge. The city will fine him severely, and if action still isn't taken, they'll seize the property from him entirely. You want to scream at my family in front of my toddler and threaten my dog? I think you're going to be a little too busy now with the city breathing down your neck. Enjoy your fines, court costs, and construction bills. Our next Reddit post is from Throwaway. So, I used to work at a now-closed-down retail shop in the UK that sold CDs, DVDs, vinyl, that sort of thing. We had a lot of regular customers who used to irk us, but in particular was this one guy who used to come in, buy roughly 20 to 40 pounds worth of things, and then pay for his entire transaction in coins. Mainly pennies, 5 cent pieces, 10 cent pieces, and 20 cent pieces. Not even pounds. Each time, we'd have to stand there and count each coin individually. Otherwise, the tails would be wrong at the end of the day. Holding up the queue while he stood there with this smug look on his face, making jokes about how long it took us to process the transaction. Now, I'm not the greatest at math, so numbers aren't my strong point. I used to hide when this guy came in so I wouldn't have to serve him, because I knew I'd take longer than everyone else to count up his money and put it in the till, and then I'd hold up the queue. This time, there was no one else on the shop floor, and the penny guy comes in. So I had to serve him. To my surprise, this time he actually gave me some bills to pay with, and secretly I was thrilled because it meant I could now take revenge. I process the transaction, and with a smug look on my face, I start counting out 12 pounds worth of change in pennies, 5 cents, 10 cents, and 20 cent pieces. He questions what I'm doing, and I say, I'm sorry, sir. We have too many coins in the till, and we've been told to get rid of them. A lie, obviously. He stands there for a good 10 minutes while I count out his change, lose count, and have to start all over again, all the while smiling and putting on my best fake sweet customer service voice. The entire time he's standing there, getting red-faced and impatient, tapping on the counter, sighing loudly under his breath until I finished and gave him all of his change. He remained a regular customer, but never paid in pennies again. Our next Reddit post is from James. I was showering this morning and liked to have music on my phone while I shower. The music was playing on my iPhone 10 on the bathroom counter, not on a speaker or anything. I keep the window open for ventilation. The lady that lives two houses away from me was walking her dog and apparently could hear my music. It's coming from an iPhone, so it's really not very loud. I can barely hear it in the shower. Ultimately, she called the police to complain that I was blasting music at 6am and waking all the neighbors. First of all, I've lived here for 15 years and I know all the neighbors. She's lived here for two months and has been a total Karen the whole time to all of us. Anyways, her house only has one parking spot, but she has two cars. There's a parking spot on my property, but I have a very clear sign that says no parking. Violators will be towed at the owner's expense. She's parked here before and I've let it slide because I don't want to make waves with my neighbors. Well, the police showed up and she showed the police a video that she took this morning. An officer and I laughed privately as he told me how ridiculous she was being. Then I noticed her car was in my spot. Her car just got towed away. Our next Reddit post is from Arizona Sama. I had just started working as an IT manager at a new company. 
it was going through a couple of changes, and as a result, we had a new CEO maybe three months after I started. He wasn't a bad bloke, just a little vague. But he did get a couple of his mates in key positions, including the newly created engineering executive role. The engineering executive shows up, and I dish him out a suite of new toys for him to play with. Windows laptop, Google phone, etc. This guy isn't happy with this at all. He wants Apple. I told him that Apple products are unfortunately not supported because 1. We don't have the budget for them. 2. Our apps won't run on them. And 3. The IT team can't support them. So, no, you can't have Apple products. He takes them, but is still clearly unhappy. A week later, and he's complaining for all he's worth about the gear and starts complaining to his CEO buddy. The CEO comes to me and asks what the problem is, and I give him the same response. We don't have the budget, our apps won't run on them, and the IT team can't support them. Fair enough, he says. That seems sensible. Another week later, the moron comes by and chucks his now-broken phone at me. He demanded that I make his newly purchased iPhone work instead. The conversation deteriorated at that point, and the CEO got involved. In the end, the engineering executive wasn't going to expense the phone to the company, and he had to buy it himself. But I had to put in place a bring-your-own-device policy and allow the phone on our network, and so I did. Twelve months pass, and our relationship hasn't improved. He wins some, I win some, and occasionally we come out even. Other people start using their own phones, and I let them, as long as they follow the bring-your-own-device policy and have a device capable of supporting it. People come and go, and the leavers with their own devices stop by in their last couple of days for me to supervise the removal of the company account, and I take the box in their leaving form. And now, for unrelated reasons, it's the engineering executive's turn to go. I send him a message, hey, make sure you drop by in the next few days so we can go through the procedure. No response, no visit. And now it's his last day. I send him an alert again first thing in the morning. Hey, it's your last day. Make sure you drop by so we can go through the procedure. No response, no visit. By lunchtime, no response or visit. By 3pm, no response or visit. I found out that he was having a lunch party with his friends at the local bar and would be a while longer, about 4 to 5pm. Typically, I finish at 6pm, but today, I decide to leave early. You know, to play with the kids or whatever other excuse you want to hear. And by leaving early, I mean right now. So I mark his exit form as failed to attend, disabled his swipe card access, locked his accounts, and reviewed the section on the bring your own device policy I wrote about not being able to verify that company data had been removed. And so I remotely wiped his phone. I got a message later that he was absolutely incensed that his phone got wiped, which of course made that Friday beer all the more tasty. Man, I feel like I've said this a thousand times on my channel, but never mess with the IT guy at your work. Also, we have a similar story from Cleaver the Beeb. I had the pleasure of doing this to a company laptop used by an executive on our way out. Very similar situation. She was a relative of another executive and was kicked out by the board for not doing anything. She used the company laptop as a personal laptop and tried to just not return it. Hey, it's not my fault you stored all the pictures you took at your daughter's wedding in folders on the desktop of the laptop that didn't belong to you. Enjoy your Inspiron, lady. Our next Reddit post is from EZB. At my previous job, I had a desk that was next to the fridge and microwave. People congregated there while they were making their lunch, and sometimes, just because they happened to meet each other next to my desk, they would stop and have a conversation. This meant that the end of my desk became the dumping ground for the stuff that people were carrying, but didn't want to hold on to while they were having conversations or waited for the lunch to heat up. 
There was this one specific coworker, I'll call her Janet, who did this every single time she was next to my desk. There were a multitude of other reasons not to like her. Racism, xenophobia, sexism, and just god-level pettiness to name a few. So this just stoked the dislike. It didn't inconvenience me hugely most of the time, but I really hated the fact that people dumped stuff on the end of my desk while I was sitting there working, without even asking, is it okay if I leave this here for a moment? Plenty of people would put stuff down then walk off without it, meaning I had to either deal with it being in my way or chase them down and give it back to them. To counter this, and to annoy Janet in particular, I decided to completely block up that end of the desk solely to stop people putting stuff on it. Over a few months, so as to not arouse suspicion, I purchased houseplants and brought them to work, arranging them on my desk in various positions. Eventually, I had created a complete fort of houseplants that covered the end of my desk. You could see Janet get visibly confused as she went to dump stuff on the end of my desk, but found a jungle in the way. Eventually, she stopped coming to my desk altogether. Ultimately, this has backfired on me, and I ended up developing a houseplant habit, and now every surface I have is covered in greenery. But it was a small price to pay for desk autonomy. And then, down in the comments, we have a similar story from Film Cup. I had a desk right beside the office printer. People would print, eventually come around, and by then, another job or two would be on top of their own. Inevitably, my desk corner became the dumping ground for any print jobs that weren't the one being picked up. As others finally showed up, I'd hear, You seen my printouts? It got to where people would hang around my desk and chew the fat and drink coffee while they dug through the sometimes large piles of papers on my desk looking for their own. I tried asking nicely if they'd find another place, but of course it kept happening. I finally put an inbox-type basket in that corner and printed my own large font label that said, Recycle Only. This receptacle gets emptied frequently. I started emptying the basket several times a day into our main office recycle bin. This proved quite inconvenient for the slow retrievers, and they started complaining. I'd point to the sign and say, I guess somebody recycled it for you. They finally put a little table on the other side of the printer. Our next Reddit post is from Throwaway Barber. I've been enrolled in a cooking school for over a year, and my mom has never been supportive because I dropped out of a nursing program to get into cooking school. She's always making snide comments about how I should have been a nurse or a lawyer or how I'll only ever be a subservient housewife with this, and when I do make something, she always criticizes it. Like she's Gordon Ramsay or something. Oh, too much salt. It's undercooked. It looks like garbage. Even though pretty much everyone else says the opposite. She's looking for any little thing she can critique about my cooking. She keeps telling me I can't cook and I need to get into a real career. I've cooked three-course dinners for the family, and they always get positive reviews, except from her. She had a party for her work friends, and I made a whole tray of my specialty, homemade meatballs. Everyone kept going back and getting more, so many that they ran out. I asked my mom what she thought, and she said, They were drunk. They couldn't taste anything. So, I figured that if I wanted to get her to compliment my cooking, I'd have to trick her. I cooked her a meal, one of her favorites from scratch. Her biggest weakness that she can never resist. I dressed it up to look professional and put it in a generic to-go box and had my boyfriend take video of me preparing it, start to finish. I called her and told her that my boyfriend and I were eating at this diner that doesn't exist. I made up a fake name for it and everything. I told her they had her favorite meal and asked if she wanted us to bring her one. Of course she said yes. I brought the dish and told her more about the fake diner. She started eating it and complimenting how good it was. How she wanted to go there and get another one. 
After she was almost through with the meal, I asked her for her honest opinion so we could write a review on Yelp. She went on for 10 minutes about how great it was, and then I sprung it on her. That I cooked it. Her tone changed. She put down the fork and said she was lying, that it tasted like garbage. My boyfriend showed her the video. She googled the restaurant and it didn't show up. She started pointing out flaws with the meal, like how there was too much sauce, and it was really spicy and burned her mouth. I asked her why she almost finished the whole thing if it was so spicy, but she didn't say anything. So I just asked her if she was ready to admit it. She said no, so we left, but (laughs) I spotted her eating it from the other room. I asked her again and she laughed and finally told me yes, that I'm a good chef. So after a year of doubting that I was a good chef and holding my dreams back, she finally admitted it. Down in the comments, I love this reply from Scammer C. Now it's her turn. Get her to try and trick you into thinking that she's not a bad parent. That was our slash petty revenge. And if you like this podcast, then check out my Patreon where I publish extra episodes. Also, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.